0: Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions, because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: And good morning. Welcome to The Garden Show. This is Charlie Dobbin, and I have with me a very special guest. Sean James. Good morning. And welcome to you. So we'll talk a bit about who you are and what you do, but just right off the top, I just want to say Frank isn't here. He is taking a bit of time off. So we're, you know, sorry, we're missing him. Hope to see him back really soon. But in the meantime, he did extend his thanks to everybody for their support and the love and, and all the different good wishes that he's been getting. So thank you, everybody, for that. Now, Sean, Sean, I think of Sean James, I think of Eco, Everything's eco, eco design, eco landscape, eco consult. Uh, that's your your Mister Eco, right? It's very true.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 been a heck of a year. Everybody <laughs> is wanting what I do. Nice. So yeah, I, I don't. I think we've moved beyond trend here. Everybody oh, wants habitat excellent. the birds, the butterflies, the bees, food. Yeah, uh, yeah. Saving water, biodiversity, uh, yeah. rain gardens.
1: Uh, I was gonna say rain gardens suddenly are, are yeah. not it's a trend. Everybody wants one. Yeah. So I guess these reports on climate change and all this stuff is going to really support what you do too. I mean, yeah, is, people are listening. Yeah, which they is are. Good. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Well, I'm glad to see you smiling. You look really good, and you've been moving, so that's been a big deal. That's exhausting. It <laughs> you, is.
2: We're moving the garden. We're uh, I'm moving to this beautiful place. It's so natural,
1: supernatural. <laughs> nice. All right. You know what? You have to do a job. You have to do some numbers. I do because we, we want people to phone. So yes, please give them the numbers. Okay. We have
2: a toll free number one 740 4740 and 416-360-0740 for local folks.
1: There you go. Now, I do get a fair amount of email, and this started when we, um, when the pandemic started, and Frank and I weren't here consistently every Saturday answering phone calls. I forwarded it to you one of the emails. Mm-hmm. I have it printed off here. Do you remember what? I'll read it to you, and then you're going to try answering it. Okay. <laughs> this is this is how we test Sean. So everybody's going to be ready to know that you know Sean is not Let's just play. a pretty face. What's this plan? <laughs> exactly. And he, Sean is my go-to. Like I, you, you don't know this, but. Often I'll get somebody asking for an ID on a plant and it's like, oh, I have no idea. And to figure it out, it's going to take too long. I'll just send it to Sean. In <laughs> the so, middle of the night, hey, Sean, if you get a minute, can you just let me know what this is? And sure enough, he's back. Oh, that's kind a la, la la la. <laughs> I know, I appreciate that. He's very good. He's he's an ID guy. So this is an email from Rosemarie Bowman. She says, I discovered them this year and I have no idea what they are. There are two photographs. You're the queen of garden mysteries. Of course, she doesn't realize it. You're the queen of garden <laughs> mysteries. Hopefully, Charlie, you can help me. Thanks. Say hello to Frank for me. Chow for now. So, two photographs. And do you want me to pass you what they look like, or do you remember? I remember what they look like. All righty. Um, what are these for rosemary? So, the
2: one is a beautiful little purple flower. It's actually a native. It sort of has a little thick column of rich purple flowers, and it is called heal all, or self-heal, prunella. And it's a lovely plant, and pollinators go gaga over it. My new Place has it as a lawn weed. Yeah, lawn and we, and ground we've got cover bees everywhere. Right. Yeah, it's actually it can be used as a, a, a garden ornamental. And, and I'm starting to use it. It kills the lawn, it. though. When it moves into the lawn, the lawn dies. I, I had it on my space. It enriches the lawn with <laughs> <Sorry>. variety. <laughs>
1: Good point. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and the other plants are really neat. When it's not native, uh, it's from Armenia, Good. and it's a uh, dianthus. It's a type of carnation, dianthus armenia, uh. and it's uh, this. It's called grass leafed uh, carnation or grass leafed dianthus. Yeah, it looks like grass. Mm-hmm. And it's got these little. It's got grass like leaves, and mm-hmm. it's got these little tiny rich, vibrant pink, like neon pink flowers. And if you look close up, they've got little tiny white spots in them. Um, and, and it's a lovely plant too. It's, it's, we would say, as opposed to invasive, that it is naturalized. It's not from here, but it does no harm. Ah. So... It's a pretty little thing. Uh, that's, I saw it yesterday, actually, yeah, when we were working Beamsville.
1: Yeah, well, and that's better than having something that really invades, like it really does a yeah, takeover. Yeah,
2: well, you know, so many people are aware of invasive species and getting rid of things like goutweed mm-hmm. and periwinkle mm-hmm. and Norway mm-hmm. maples mm-hmm. Uh, and and non ornamental invasives. Uh, at my new place, I'm thrashing away at the Phragmites and the. Buckthorn. Oh, I know. Everybody's oh. got buckthorn. Um, and then wait
1: for the garlic mustard. Yeah, We're
2: okay on that one so far. So far,
1: yeah. Fingers yeah. crossed. Okay, we've got to take a quick break. Awesome. We'll be right back. And we've got some callers lined up. So, yeah. so keep on calling. Sean's here to answer all your tough questions.
3: Daffodils and daisies. Bluebells and begonias. Forsythia and foxgloves, Marigolds, magnolia. Lavender and lupins. Dahlia's, delphiniums. Docks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips, and sweet
0: Williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: And we're back. Were you just mumbling about I couldn't hear you over the music in my ear and everything else. Well, I was just
2: thinking um, of everything that I learned being a master gardener uh, Ah. and what a great group it is and how they do so much good. Mm. And, you know, I... I like to think I know what I'm doing, but the wonderful thing about gardening is that every day you've got new stuff to learn. Absolutely. And, and the, the Master Gardeners and the local garden clubs are mm-hmm. great at feeding that information out to people.
1: It's true. Forever it's true. expanding. Yeah, and, and offering you know, online services and support and ask your question. Toronto Master Gardeners have a wonderful um, support network of yeah. smart people. So you are a Master Gardener, right? I am. I yes. am too, but I'm an honorary Master Gardener. But you're a real massacre. I'm a, I'm
2: a, yes, I went and I, I finally went and I challenged the test.
1: Oh, you did. I did. You did okay? I did do okay. There you go. Well, you are a graduate of the Niagara Parks, which makes you pretty smart. <laughs> uh, let's talk to Elsie. She's calling oh, in from Tottenham. Good morning, Elsie. Good morning,
4: Elsie. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, we yes. can.
1: How are you? Okay, fine.
4: Um, there's a new bug in town. <laughs> it's, uh, somebody described it as uh, a giant... Fruit fly,
2: oh dear, oh. and it's
4: eating. It's eating my grape plants, and apparently other plants it's eating too. And it flies.
1: But have you heard w- of it? What color is it?
4: It's uh, a dark color, black or brown.
1: And it looks like a fruit fly, but big. Like it looks like a fly, oh, yeah, fly? I mean, like a house fly.
4: Oh no, like no. a fruit fly, but yes, yeah, as big as a, uh, a big fly.
2: I have not seen this. I did read a. a book by a, an English lady called The uh, uh, Secret Life of Flies, which doesn't sound very good, but was actually fantastically amazing. <laughs> and most <laughs> flies are actually beneficial. So the flies that you're seeing might actually be predators predating on whatever it is that's eating your grapes and so on. Well, I, I'd be no, very...
4: it's not actually a fly. Oh.
2: Okay. So um, the brown marmorated stink bug is doing a lot of damage. Um, most things are host-specific but the there are a few things that feed broadly um i I haven't heard of
1: any well so you, uh, let's just go back so this you've seen a fly on your grapes and it's chewing the leaves or the fruit
4: Oh the leaves, but it's not a fly, it's a bug it's a oh. it's a hard it looks like it's, it has a hard shell but you know and, but it flies
1: oh okay, so you know what it is is it shiny and pretty oh it's it's black no. It's dull
2: and brown. <laughs> okay. It's not oh. a Japanese beetle, then. No,
1: it's not. Which is
2: beautiful yeah, in its own weird yeah. way. So, yeah, they're jewelry.
1: But it is probably a, some form of beetle or maybe a stick yeah. bug or something like that. Bottom line is, what do, do, we wor- do we worry if there's a few holes in our grapevine leaves? I mean, at the end oh, of the day?
2: If it gets no, to be actually, disastrous.
4: It's, it's
1: destroying my plant.
2: Oh, so okay. So I would look at something yeah. with diatomaceous earth in it, like Safer's has a diatomaceous earth product. And okay. you, you have to put it on every time it rains, but it's, it's effective in the long run. It's rather diabolical. It drills little bitty microscopic holes in them, and they
1: dry out. <laughs> <laughs> so you wet the plant, and you sprinkle this, the earth white powder? No, you don't wet it. Powder. You just
2: puff it on. Oh, puff it on, uh, and it'll yeah. stay. Okay. Yes, and then okay. you've got to reapply it after it rains. rains. Yeah. Um,
1: okay. And uh, it gets uh, in what their joints. It again? Okay, diatomaceous earth. So D as in dog, right. I, A, T as in tom, O-M. Your turn. Oh, great.
3: <laughs> one big vowel movement.
1: E.
2: Uh, E-A-C-O-U-S, I think.
5: Okay. okay. If you,
1: I,
2: well, the beauty of Google is that it'll look it up for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> so
1: just diatom. It's from diatoms, which are... Uh, fossilized. F- fossilized protozoa. Exactly. Okay. F- from the and I
4: have And I have one more question. I'm doing um, um, organic in the backyard now. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I do? Like, uh, I haven't got it into a, in a, a tub or nothing. I <laughs> and, and I throw all my stuff in it and mix it around. And, oh, so composting. Throw, and yeah, composting. Oh, right. good for you.
2: I don't make it into a science. I have a <laughs> I have three bins, and I fill one. When it's full, I move it into the other. When the first one's full again, I move the second one into the third one. <laughs> and I move the first one into the second one. And when the first one's full again, I put the third one on the garden, whether it's fully broken down or not.
4: Right. How long does it take? But...
2: Two months for me.
1: Yeah, it depends how often you stir yeah. it around. I
2: also mulch it before I put it in there with my mower. I have a little battery power. Yeah, there. so be... smaller pieces
1: yeah. of anything will break down faster. Moisture oh. is required more than you would expect. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, you want what goes into your compost to be uh, basically like a wrung-out sponge. So moist oh, okay. but not soggy. And you need to stir. And it's that flipping and stirring that gets yeah. the okay. air in there. Yeah.
2: And that speeds things up dramatically. We had one dry summer and I actually put a, had to put the sprinkler on it
1: for Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah.
4: we're not worried this summer. <laughs> no,
1: tell me about it. Yeah, not, not okay, so
4: much. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks so really. much for calling.
1: And you just broke the rules, just so you know it's one question per caller. All right, we have to take another quick break, but we'll be right back to
0: talk with Gwen, who's calling in from Burlington. Awesome. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And here we are. Remember, this is Charlie Dobbin, your regular
1: host of The Garden Show. But joining me today, your irregular host, (laughs) is my irregular friend and host and eco-amazement, amazing guy, Sean James. And just quickly, what's your website? Uh, Sean James Dash. It's
2: S E A N. Yes, Sean James Dash Consulting. Ca. There you go. And you can find all my Twitter feeds
1: and Facebook feeds and YouTube channel and all that. Uh, stuff Sean there. is very active on social media, so and he's constantly <laughs> boggling my mind with where he goes. Sometimes. All right, we, let's talk with Gwen. She's giving us a call from Burlington. Good morning, Gwen. Good morning. What's going on at your place? I have a defoliated bush rose. Bush rose. Oh yeah. I
3: have no. Li- At least a little mom did the trick, and I couldn't... The stuff I had, I ran out of, and I went to... I didn't go to a nursery. Mm I went somewhere else Mm -hmm. and bought this jar of stuff that you spray on or you can shake it on, Mm -hmm. and I read the directions, and it said... Do not use for the temperature over 24 degrees.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's been so
3: hot and humid, yeah. I didn't spray it. I'm glad, you, glad you read the instructions. Yes, very good. The little took over, and there's no more leaves, and I want to know whether it's dead or whether it will come back.
1: It'll come back. It's likely to come back. Yeah, I mean, a healthy plant, a rose or any plant, can lose all its leaves under adverse conditions. And because there's still energy in the root, it can come back. How big is the plant and how long has it been there?
3: Uh, It's been there about five years. Mm -hmm, It was given to my daughter when she retired from teaching. Mm -hmm. And... um, Yeah, it's been there maybe over five years, and it's been very, very healthy.
1: Good. So I'm glad you called us. So whatever you do is no fertilizer right now, but plan to fertilize next spring. And okay. next spring, and with a rose food, uh, next spring, of course, you'll do a cutting back, quite a, a quite a hard cutting back, uh, depending on the size of the plant. I take roses way back, almost to ground level. But for now, Sean, other than some water as required, would you do any pruning or anything now?
2: I wouldn't do any pruning unless there's dead material, which of course I'd remove in any case. Yes. But what I would do is is I would compost around the base of the plant with just a nice rich compost, anything from you know what you can get at, at the store, you know, uh, or or your own compost, yeah. and that's going to kickstart the whole soil microbiome, mm. and that's going to help the overall health of the plant. It the may long-term. even make it more resistant. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, to the insect next time around.
1: Right, so when you're saying add combos, you're saying about you know, half an inch, at the most an inch around the plant, not yeah. up against the stem. That's correct, yeah. yeah. And yes, right out to the things. edge of the plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I cleaned out
3: beneath the yeah. good. And taken all the bad leaves good and everything out. Perfect,
1: perfect. Yeah.
2: Good.
3: So did good. you say that I should trim it back now?
1: You know what, the problem with trimming, well, if you see something that's dead, so you see black or dark brown uh, tips or stems, those can be removed with clean, sharp pruners on a dry day. Otherwise, I'd leave it alone, because if you do a lot of pruning now, you're going to encourage new growth, and it's already the middle of August. So we don't really want to encourage new growth on our plants. They're getting ready for winter, believe it or not, because the days are getting shorter.
3: Okay, I understand. Thank you right. very, very, very much.
1: Thanks for calling. Great call and good for you for reading those instructions. Indeed. You're the caller we all of the do that day. More. I should do that more. <laughs> I'm giving you a bell for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk to Barb. She's giving us a buzz from Aiden. Good morning, Barb.
6: Oh, good morning both of you. I was just wondering when is the the best time to cut back silver lace vine. Hmm.
1: Always no sorry <laughs> I'll take that back. Actually, you can you can kill silver silver lace vine if you cut it back in a hot hot
2: summer. Well, and that's true of many plants. <laughs> you you <laughs> don't want to do, if spring pruning promotes vigor, fall pruning retards vigor. Um, so if it's too vigorous, then you could cut it back um, in the fall. And yeah, and that and that'll slow it down a lot. I have to say. As, as someone who sits on, on a subcommittee of the Ontario Invasive Plant Council, that it's something that you might want to think about replacing, just because birds take the seeds from it and take it into the wild, and silver lace vine is officially on the invasive species list.
6: I, I'm sorry, we must have a bad connection. What did you say last?
2: That, that um, silver lace vine is on the invasive species list. Um, so it's something that we're trying to get people to think about removing, as beautiful as they are, and I love it. It's gorgeous. It breaks my heart. But I for instance, for a friend, I took one out and put in an nice isolate blooming clematis mm. uh, species clematis uh, Italian clematis. yeah
1: yeah, so that's just another example of a, of a so-called exotic yeah. or an imported plant that's done well in North America, but has then become a problem because yeah. it starts it pushes to out
2: our native species and all the over. things that feed on them right which is tough to you know it's tough to rationalize sometimes we like our plants and not all mm-hmm. non-native plants are bad mm-hmm. but you know you keep an eye on them and if they start to run, you got to beware.
1: So your point then to control it, to slow down its vigor, is prune fairly hard in the fall. and the fall, of course, would be early September, mm-hmm. based on, on temperature, etc. But to promote lots of growth, we would prune in the spring. Yes. Silver lace vine doesn't generally need to be promoted with lots of growth. It was funny. I had a next-door neighbor who had seen too many horror movies, <laughs> and I had a silver lace vine between our properties, and it was very vigorous. And he just kept having bad dreams about it coming in his window and strangling him in the middle of the night, so he did a hard pruning in, like, July and killed it, which oh. which was fine. I, you know, <laughs> whatever. I, I replaced Maybe it with Akebia It was fine. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. So I went a little more, yeah, a little more, a little more native. So there's your there's your answer. Prune in the fall, prune in the spring. Uh, it, bottom line is, do prune it. Keep it under control. So,
6: thanks. Oh, is that, like, the only reason? It's kind of that they're um, not really discontinuing it, but just because it's so invasive?
2: Yeah very likely yeah and, and the nurseries are starting to get on side with that which is good to see mm-hmm. less and less people growing gut weed, for instance yeah
1: yeah we have some pla- i mean that's always we say plants are very vigorous but there's that's kind of a, another a term for it's <laughs> it's invasive <laughs> it's a problem so but for some people they think oh i'm doing really well look it's growing so so beautifully but you know so long it's a process mm-hmm. and so like Sean said, "Silver lace vine is a very pretty plant." So, like and
6: they're not making you. Uh, no, not like at all. Oh, no, no. no, no, no. Credit Valley
2: Conservation has a really good list of invasive species on Who? their website. Credit, Valley, Credit Conservation.
1: Valley Conservation probably dot com, but just Google yeah. Credit Valley Conservation,
2: and I'd, I'd also add invasive species, and that'll take. You yeah, the
1: invasive species of council. There's a great website for Ontario the Ontario Invasive Plant
2: Council. There you yeah. go,
1: Ontario Invasive Plant Council for people that are interested in what to buy mm. and what not to buy. Because yeah. what I like about the way the Invasive Plant Council does it is they say don't plant this, plant this instead. So they don't just leave you hanging going, well what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. They make some good some suggestions. Better options, yeah.
2: I, I actually got to work on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, good for you. Got some of my
2: pictures w-
6: what would you suggest, like in a white flower then?
2: Uh, if I wanted on a an white arbor. flower, ooh, I might look at uh, our native um, Clematis virginiana, uh, Bower clematis.
6: What, what um, is it called?
2: Virgin's bower clematis.
6: Virgin's.
2: Cause, yeah, because it was used in brides'
1: wedding bouquets. Yeah. In the fall. What
6: was the last name? after Bauer, vir- Bower.
1: B o w e r. And then it's a clematis. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what a clematis or clematis is. The we oh, think of the big yeah, purple ones.
6: I, I I still didn't get the virgin something.
2: Bauer, bower. B o w e r.
6: Sorry, could you spell that again?
2: B, o, w,
1: e, r.
6: Okay. All right. B-O-W-E-R. That's right. Yeah, must have a bad connection. That's
1: okay. I'm just so, going to get Sean to talk louder.
6: Uh, does it uh, flower in the spring or fall? Fall.
1: Oh.
2: And it has beautiful seed heads that persist right into March. That's my favorite part about it, actually. But the flowers are these little delicate white things. Very pretty.
1: And like you said, used in, in bridal bouquets. And uh, It's good for it's, pollinators too, and it's win, a, it's, win, it's and native. Win. It's yeah. from our neck of the woods, yeah. and has it, it been. It would
6: f- grow six feet, like on oh, oh yeah. <laughs> more than that. <laughs> oh, okay, go for twelve.
1: <laughs> yes, good. That's a very good suggestion as a silver lace vine replacement. Mm-hmm. Okay.
6: Right. Thanks, Barb. Okay. Thank you. Good luck with that. Have a good that.
1: day. All righty, and where are we? We are going to talk to Rita. She's calling in from Richmond Hill. Good morning, Rita.
7: Um, I just need help again with my lilac tree. Um, It's got so, so big. I want to cut it, you know, cut some of the branches off. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether to do it now or do I do it when it's going to rain. And the top, you know, the flowers on top, when can I cut them? I thought you said one time you're supposed to cut them off.
1: Okay, so how big is this lilac? It's a regular purple lilac, for starters, right? Yeah,
7: I okay. think I grew it up north probably 10 or 15 years ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: And this year, it just went crazy.
1: Oh, yeah. Everything did. <laughs> I know. good year for plants. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's very big, very overgrown. The flowers are way beyond your nose, obviously, way too high. And we yeah. like our lilac flowers down at nose height. So
7: well, it's not that. I just I want to know when I'm allowed to trim, okay. trim the top of the dead flowers off. Do I leave oh. them for the winter, or do I do it just mm-hmm. before it's going to rain? You, you do it today. just
2: after it blooms, right. ideally, because what you're two trying to do is to yeah, you're trying to stop it from putting energy into seed. <sighs> oh that's the that that's the only reason you might not want to bother for this year because that ship might have sailed mm-hmm. uh, and it's a big job um and you talked about did you did you think it was too tall also?
7: Well, no, it's just that the branches okay. have got a lot bigger and they're hanging out over the sidewalk, mm-hmm. and I want to cut some of them off, and I didn't know. When I was allowed to cut that some of those do now. branches <clears throat> off, because it's just as I said, this year it's sure. a jungle. It's you can do jungle. that now. Um,
2: Everywhere, I-, I would just remember to take it back to a side branch, like a, a don't leave a stub. Mm-hmm. Everybody leaves like a a, a thumb length. And you want to take it right back to the to the the, Trump, the main like branch, the yeah. Yeah. yeah, or any bud yeah, or, or you know, something branch. that lets it go in a different direction. Right. And if you pick a bud that goes left, it'll grow left. If you right. pick a bud that goes right, it'll grow right. <laughs> and so and
1: when, when can I do that? You can do that now. Right. So just to be clear, the rule of thumb with flowering shrubs like lilacs is we do all of our pruning right after they flower. So because lilacs bloom usually in May, sometimes June, we do, we get out our ladder and our sharp pruners on a sunny day and we go to town on the lilacs then.
7: Is that when the little, is that when it turns to the little green buds? Yeah, those are the little yeah, seeds. Those are seed pods. Oh, yeah. you're right. supposed yeah. to do it when they die off. As oh, soon as I the didn't know that. I've been doing it wrong.
1: Right. So as soon as the flowers are no longer flowers, they're yeah. no longer pretty and smelly and a color other than green. Yeah. That's when you get out to pruners on a dry day. So if okay, you miss that, you. which is it's okay because lots of times people do miss yeah. these things. Then you have to prune <laughs> when it makes sense. So if well, it's a problem so over the, over the sidewalk, cut it down. Cut it back anytime. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Rita.
7: It's the flowers you do after they've bloomed. Right. Now that's I correct. know I will never correct. forget that. There's going to be the, so much. our new You're mantra. Have a lovely day. Thank you. you. too.
1: Thanks for calling Bye-bye. Rita. Yes. And that's going to be our new mantra. I mean it, I've said it so many times. You know, flowering cuz I mean the point <sighs> is is that the lilacs are setting the flower buds now. Yeah. I, yes, that's I right, yeah. notice my magnolia is setting little flower buds now. Yeah. My rhododendron, little flower buds now. So these things are happening now because we're getting their early but spring you know, bloomers.
2: That's for uh, that's for us. Mm. I prune everything in the spring, flowers be damned, and I may I don't. If I'm coppicing something, cutting a multi stem shrub right back to the ground, that's quite the look you're giving <laughs> I know, me right I'm now.
1: Like, my eyes um, are bugging out of my head. <laughs> I,
2: I I don't worry about flowers. I use right. the flowers for that year. Mm-hmm. But if I'm pruning a magnolia to thin it or whatever, I'll bring those in and force them. Sure. But I'm still going to have tons of flowers. Sure. Um, it's it's. I I know I'm going against
1: everybody. Not really. You have to prune at when it works for you. I mean, it's a lifestyle thing. I mean, I know people that start covering roses because they got 500 of them, and they start in August. And yeah. I'm like, "Woo! I would never do that till October." But they go, "I have 500. I have mm. to start, you know, early." So you know, it it, it comes down to what you got to do. Yeah. But, see, there there are people, like, you know what you're doing. You know when you cut off a magnolia branch in the spring to bring it in. Or apple trees or crab apples Mm -hmm. or forsythia, any of those things. But, you know, I always remember my brother, small lot, but lots of different flowering shrubs when he moved in. And he would pick one day a year to do his pruning. And that one day he'd just prune (laughs) like crazy with his, you know, clippers everywhere. And then he'd go, how come... Such and such yeah. and such haven't bloomed. It was like, well, because you did all your pruning on one day. Mm-hmm. You pruned off all the flowers. So, yeah, either prune after they flower, that way you get the flowers, or prune at your convenience, realizing you're going to lose some flowers. Yeah,
2: and, and that's, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll prune to make it go up over the path. I don't try and keep things small. Mm-hmm. I, I try and live within their their natural yeah. Yeah, yeah um so there, there's always
1: branches left i'm mm-hmm. never taking off the tips of the branches mm-hmm. entirely
2: mm-hmm. so there's always flowers left. yeah yeah
1: that's right and do work with a natural form of the plant whenever mm-hmm. you can yeah so look it up if you're not sure because yeah. that that's yeah.
2: or go a, a to good. a botanical garden
1: hey yeah that's right take your camera mm-hmm. i mean nowadays it's so easy because mm-hmm. you can take photographs yeah. and the name is right there yeah. you've got one picture with everything happening All right, enough enough chitter-chatter with us. We are going, this is the woman show, just so you know, so for (laughs) all of our callers have been women from Toronto. Diane is calling in. Good morning, Diane.
8: Um, I have uh, several hysaw plants, and I noticed this year I have uh, these black little bugs that have um, outlines on their wings in red and a silver bottom. So there's, there's... quite a number of them and they also have babies that have um, I guess they laid eggs up in their flower head so okay. now there's very small ones as well.
2: And and do I have to plan? worry
8: about that bug. I've tried to research it on the internet and I'm not able to find it.
2: No. I, I That's something well normally I have people text me a picture of it but yeah um, uh, is it doing any harm? I mean, I, I, I tend to think it's probably a native It's a native plant, so it's probably a native insect. Mm. And if it's not doing any harm, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, I tend to let things ride until they become a problem.
1: Yeah, until the leaves are missing or yeah. something's really obviously wrong And it, it,
2: what you're describing doesn't sound like any invasive species. Okay. Um, so I, I, I personally wouldn't worry about well, plus it. Plus, it's be not beneficial. a very edible plant.
1: Are well, these swallowtail but, butterflies? That's the thing. They're
8: on the flower heads. Are we so talking about like an ease hyssop? Flower I head. A but the, you know what? There are several holes. Not too many. It's not like defoliated, totally defoliated. There's it, it, quite a few holes in the leaves, but, and I do see them on the leaves occasionally, but most of them are on the flower head.
1: I should ask which hyssop. Do you know which hyssop it is? Is it anise? I think,
8: I think so. Yeah, yes, probably the ones that. a tall, light purple It's the most yeah, common.
2: So that's 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 a native plant, mm-hmm. um, and it's a good pollinator plant, and it tastes like licorice. Yes. It is.
8: Yes, and the bees love it. Yes, yes they do.
2: Yeah. They go gaga over it. Yeah. Oh. It's uh, it's a lovely plant. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and some <coughs> neat
1: cultivars of it as well. Uh, yeah. So not to worry ones. then. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, just because yeah. you see insects roaming around on a plant, is, do not assume that you want to kill it. Yeah, yeah because
8: I haven't seen it on other plants. Just this mm-hmm. one. Well. Just live with it, right?
1: Most, most things are host-specific.
2: Right. Yeah. There's a few things that are broad-spectrum feeders, but most are host-specific. Yeah. So, okay.
1: So, yeah, and as long as the plant looks healthy, just because there's a little family of, of insects, no big deal. And they might be food for something else, too. And, and you know, it's kind of like the frogs that live in my barbecue. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to work with these things. Yeah. I, I have tree I frogs so cool. that have decided that my barbecue is the best place to hang out, except when I'm cooking. <laughs> So uh, you know, that's hilarious. I, I, and I, no matter how many times I pick them up and I take them, you know, half a kilometer away, they hop right back. So, oh, that's are
8: packing them. You're uh, cooking. <laughs> I know. Oh, they sit
1: there. and watch. My husband's actually kind of doesn't like them. He's a bit not comfortable. So I lift them off. They they turn. Tree frogs um, are chameleon like with their color changing. So they're silver on the barbecue. So you, you pick up a silver frog. You put it on a tomato plant, and right away it turns green. That's so cool. And, wow. and then you do your cooking, and then you. We finish cooking, and then they move back onto the barbecue and, and you were saying sober. they climb up your windows at night and eat the bugs on That's the That's right. Well, That's because cool. my barbecue's near the kitchen window, yeah. and the light is on in the That's kitchen, neat. so there's lots of little insects. I live in the country. And yeah, their little suction cup f- toes are up against my window, and they're just happily munching away in the evening. So, I'm, grow- I'm growing
2: tree frog families at my place. I'm such a geek. I was at a friend's house the other night, and I made them leave the light on, and I was out at three in the morning cataloging what moths <laughs>
1: and such are out right there. You are such a geek. <laughs> On that note, we're going to have a quick little break, but be right back. I'm, I've got my guest here today, Sean James, geek, serious geek, <laughs> but eco landscape consulting design guy, too. So he's a real guru when it comes to wacky eco stuff. So certainly SeanJamesDesigns.com. Thank you. Back in a flash.
0: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer
1: Radio. I'm here, and I'm here with my special guest, Sean James. Thanks, Sean. You're being a lot of fun, you know. (laughs) I have fun. You are. What we do is fun. I, people forget that gardening is fun. I know. Some people go like, my neighborhood. It's so much maybe, I maybe I should have bought that condo. It's like, no, no, no. This will keep you young. My neighbor said, "You're always out working in your garden." I
2: said, "Dave, I am never out working in my garden. <laughs> I'm out having fun. That's
1: what I do on my day off.
2: Yeah, I go work in the garden,
1: I know. but it isn't. It's fun. It is. It's. I know. I make. I have lists, and so I go to the garage. I fill up my my um, wheelbarrow with every tool I might need because there's no way I'm walking back and forth. To, to my garage where my tools are because it's, my lot is just too big. So now it's like my office is my wheelbarrow and I wander out to one end of the property and start working my way back.
2: And so many people are now with with COVID. That's know, right, um, outside. More people are getting out in the garden. They're going, I didn't realize how much I hate the garden. And <laughs> now I'm loving changing it.
1: I know. Nurseries
2: are going bonkers uh everybody's like i said everybody's in the eco pollinators and food Men, so many people growing their
1: own food, food yeah and, and there's you a
2: incorporate huge it right into the garden pride like
1: pots everywhere. absolutely and uh, tomatoes beside roses why not and and there's a really big pride a self-esteem thing that comes with all this it, it tastes better and, and it's
2: better for you because you have a uh, good nutrition density if yeah. you're stewarding your soil properly yeah then you have better nutrition density in your food.
1: Well, soil stewarding is a whole show unto itself, Sean, so we'll have to hold that one off. But you know what? Why don't you just quickly give the numbers one more time? We do have a few lines open, and we're going to get back to our callers. Uh, Fran is on the line, but, Sean, what are the phone
2: numbers? For local folk, it's 416-360-0740, and the toll-free number is 1-866-740-4740.
1: Lovely, thank you. Well done. And let's see what Fran has to say. She's calling in from Oakville. Good nice.
5: morning. Well, hi there. Good morning. Hey, Fran. I'd like. I have a um, a gr- sweet green pepper growing growing in a large pot, and I want to know where, when is the best time to pick the. Hmm. Fruit? Pick <laughs> the pickle pepper. That's a
1: good question.
2: It is, um, and I don't know if I know the answer to that.
5: Are you sure
1: it's green? Like is it, you bought it specifically as a green pepper.
5: It, it grew from a seed.
1: Uh, oh, you know, it is
5: a big green pepper. <laughs> Apparently, they're all red peppers. Uh, well, if you leave
2: them long enough, they start turning
1: red. Not always red, though. I was just going to say, a gr- all a green pepper is is an immature pepper. So you oh. can pick a green pepper, and it will taste like a green pepper. Oh. But if you leave it, it will turn a color, whether it's yellow or orange or red, yeah. and it will oh. sweeten as it gets, as goes it gets along. The, as
5: mm-hmm. it gets older. Yeah. So if you want the
2: green, I mean, maybe the answer is as soon as it starts to get a little color on it,
1: Mm-hmm. Then pick it. Oh,
5: pick mm-hmm. it Oh, because mm-hmm. uh, uh, someone told me wait and it will fall off. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't
1: think I'd want don't, to do that because no. it'll be rotting by that yeah. time. You uh, don't want right. it to fall off. So do um, feel it gently. Make sure it is firm. It's because very firm. Oh, good. Does yeah. It
5: mean, is very young.
1: Yes, it's still immature. You want a little bit of softness. You want. You, yeah. It's a fine line with peppers, but I have learned this over the years that if you get too excited and you pick them green, there's nothing wrong. They won't hurt you, but they're just not as yummy as if you leave them a little oh, longer. Wait
5: till it gets more squishy because it it feels like it may need a little bit more. Yeah, like if it's, uh, it gets thinner. That you know, kind of
1: hard. Yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard. Leave it. Leave it another week or so. Weather's good. Is yeah. good. We're we're yeah. a little more temperate temperatures. I think yeah. this week. Uh, and obviously we have to maintain the moisture levels on oh, all yeah, of our yeah, vegetables. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise we get They're all thirsty. kinds of as issues. As much as I'm
2: about drought tolerance, veggies are thirsty. Yeah,
1: they need consistent water. That's why I put mine.
2: I put all mine in pots this year. Yeah. yeah. And I oh, use. Yeah. Compost from my instead of using saw mix, I yeah. use compost from my compost pile.
1: But but you're kind of what you're saying, Sean, is kind of flying in the face of logic because logically, plants dry out faster in yes. pots. So, but I wa-
2: can also just water those. I, I don't see. have to water a whole big area. Right, no big. Sprinklers. Also, I moved, so we moved. True, true. You the needed whole, things a in pots. friend came with the covered trailer. Makes
1: sense. We had a whole trailer of veggies. Really? We didn't eh? use a tomato.
5: Okay. So, nice. um, oh. should I, when it's finished or whatever, do I just pull it out? <laughs> Oh, the plant? It, yeah. Th- it oh, will would, it, would it keep growing It'll if keep I just trimmed it trim back or what? No,
1: it, well, no, no, just let it be. Enjoy it. If some flowers, white flowers will form, more peppers will form, eventually frost will hit it and frost will kill the plant.
2: Yeah. And then you oh. can cut it off at the ground. Yeah, or let don't it just, rip them out. I, I no. cut them off at the ground. That way it leaves the whole root system. Well, there.
1: no, I, 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 I let the them drop and rot on the ground. Yeah, yeah you even know. better. Then yeah. they you
2: clean can it, do it do up that in if there's anything left.
5: If I brought the pot in... Would the the plant keep growing? Very hard to
1: maintain vegetables inside for several reasons. One is the light levels are Mm -hmm. way too low.
5: Okay. Okay. All right. I don't know what to do. (laughs) There are people doing
2: window gardening, which is really cool, where they're hanging plants in windows. There's a whole thing about window gardens. Yeah. And they're using pop bottles and planting them oh, in pop bottles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they pump water up to the top, and then it dribbles from bottle, bottle to bottle back into a tank at the bottom. Really oh, neat. Oh,
1: right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you get some fish in that tank, and before you know it, you got a whole aqua thing oh, going on. A waiting to happen. Exactly. Fish, fish poo, plants. I have LED lights. LED lights are amazing. They will mm. give you, uh, you know, lovely, lovely, bright, much brighter than you think, lights. But I don't generally bring things in. It's all far too much trouble. So okay. we. Let's thanks so much for your call, Fran, okay, and we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Yep, for thanks. now, I think we should probably go. We have one more break, and okay. let's get that over with, and then we do have some callers online. Awesome.
3: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and fox clubs, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips, and sweetwilliams.
0: You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: And it's me with Sean James this week. Welcome again. Thank you so much. You have been a ton of fun. We're Always not fun. done yet. So let's, uh, because I'm relying on you, I'm pretty much having a nap in the corner. Let's see. Jean is calling in from Mississauga. Let's see what's going on in her garden. Good morning,
5: Jean. Good morning. What's going on at your place? I have a beautiful climbing rose. Mm -hmm. Uh, red rose it's about 20 years old i've pruned it on and off over the years but not as much as probably i should have and i've got some really big canes from the bottom and most of the new shoots grew from the top this year it's about some of the branches are like eight nine feet tall Mm
4: -hmm.
5: how far back can i prune it so that i can start getting shoots
2: It's rather heartbreaking, and you want to wait till the spring. Spring exactly before the leaves, just before the leaves come out, and I take out one third of the eldest branches, the oldest branches, right to the ground, or if there's a crown there, if there's uh, the graft Graft. union, um, then I'll take it right to the graft union. But I I take out on a rose that big, like probably one. The first year, and then another one the next year.
1: Yeah, because these canes are probably, yeah, yeah, like three quarters of an inch wide. It's terrifying. And
2: then the new growth. Sometimes it grows out toward the walkway. Mm -hmm. Don't cut it off. Tie that back. Because that's your gold for the future.
1: Right.
5: Oh, I did. I had one and it grew about three feet this mm-hmm. year and I
1: tied it back. Good.
2: These when you take out a major branch, they'll grow a lot more than three feet. Yeah. They'll they'll grow you know six or eight feet.
1: Yeah, so by doing that spring pruning that Sean's telling you to do, you are gonna invigorate a whole bunch of new growth from the root from the crown. So and of course I think Sean would say, make sure you top dress with some wonderful high level fertile organic bearing compost. Yep. Uh, and that, again, that's that inch all the way around, um, you know, right out to the tips where the roots might be. So as wide as you can go, not touching the plant, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's all spring. You're going to do all of that in the spring on a nice sunny day when the birds are singing, but things aren't growing yet. Yep. Late March, oh. even, early April. Yeah, yeah.
5: Okay, so the main branch that had the blooms on it this year the stock is really green mm-hmm. and that's one of the thickest but that's not green the one is good that I should it's the stripy
2: it's the ones that have stripes on them or that have bark on them the
1: brown yeah gnarly ones are yeah. the ones you want to concentrate on you want to look tick. for the oldest it's yeah. not necessarily the biggest no but okay the oldest Good point. Yeah. 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 Bark, bearing, rose canes can be removed without too much uh, issue. So thanks for calling. That's great, Mm -hmm. Jean. Um, Thank you very much. So I was visiting a friend in Oxford, England years and years ago, and um, she was showing me around the garden. And she said, this is a rose my grandmother planted. And I looked at it, and it was maybe two feet high by two feet wide. And I was like, your grandmother planted that? She goes, yeah. I got down on my hands and knees, and I looked, and the stalk of the rose was like a small tree. That's amazing. It was literally like three or four inches across, down at stalk level. My friend sent me pictures
2: of their roses in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. 1906, Mm -hmm. they were planted. Mm -hmm. And it's it's like three to five canes, Mm -hmm. and they're, you know, maybe eight feet tall. They're climbing roses. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's all that's there, but that's proper pruning exactly. keeps them going forever.
1: Exactly. So it looked like a like a rose that had been planted last spring, yeah. just by its size and its vigor and its beautiful. Fla- it was covered in flowers, mm-hmm. it was gorgeous. But then I look, I'd never seen a yeah. rose that but roots old like
2: a tree. I bet. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: exactly. And and a trunk like a tree, yeah. but all new growth on the outside. Mm-hmm. So that's the point, Gene. You want to you want to invigorate new growth. You want you know that plant has lots of energy in it. Your job is to get rid of some of the old growth and right from ground level nice sharp pruners, dry day and slightly angled cut just because you don't want water to sit on the rainwater dew to sit on that cut um, surface let's see if we can fit in one more caller Sean That's good. Uh, looks like Rita, oh it says Rita again let's see what's Rita's calling again hi Rita, welcome sorry.
7: back short and sweet um, I never dug up my tulip daffodils is it too, I'm sorry is it too late to dig them up And plant them up north in October?
2: If you can find them, it's a perfect time. (laughs) I I put
7: markers on them, and then with all the other flowers growing up around them, I hope I can still find them. I would
2: say now would be good, or early September. Mm -hmm. Don't wait too long. But make sure when you plant them, you can divide them when you dig them. Right. And then plant them them good and deep. Like...
7: So just, uh, I can wait till around September, then take them up north. Make sure I got the hole and plant. Is there any special thing I should put in there, or just leave them alone? Like I've done others.
2: They're saying now that bone meal is a myth. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just uh, you know, I, back to the soil stewardship thing. I, I would just plant them as is.
7: Yeah, make okay, sure it's then. a well- Thank you so much. Have a lovely weekend. Thanks, Thank you.
1: Rita. Thank Thanks you. for calling back. She's following the mantra: right? call early, call often. <laughs> one question, but um, the only thing about bul- planting bulbs because we are coming up to bulb planting time of mm-hmm. year, this end of summer, early fall. It's faster than I like to think about Thank you. I know how did that happen. So a uh, couple of things: make sure that it's a well-drained soil never ever ever plant bulbs where it's going to be swampy or damp or low part of your garden they will rot they will not survive i also like to put bulbs where it's going to be sunny in the spring it might be shady later but it's sunny in the spring and ooh, 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 what what if it is wet
2: mm. plant marsh marigolds oh, because they will come up in early spring they'll bloom and if it dries out they go dormant yeah. if it doesn't then they you have Keep these blooming. big cool leaves and you can eat the leaves like spinach Really? You cook them like spinach, eat them like spinach, they taste like spinach.
1: Marshmere gold leaves. Beautiful
2: bright yellow flowers, early, early. It's a nice substitute for bulbs if it's too wet there.
1: Yeah, right. And that would be, uh, you're saying, like a rain garden mm-hmm. idea, right? But you can plant them anywhere. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. I found this up by accident because oh. I moved to grass and I, I drove by and I'm like, what the heck is that doing there? And I drove by again and it was gone. And then I drove by again the next spring and it was there again. I'm like, they go dormant? Yeah.
1: I'm yeah. Live and it's, learn. Yeah. Well, so many things too, yeah. right? Those ephemerals. Yeah. they don't have the right uh conditions. They, they just go to sleep. Go to sleep. Marsh marigolds. write that down. That's that's <laughs> the tip of the day from Sean James. Uh anything you want to share with us? We've got a minute left, uh, just to tell us what you're up to. Oh goodness gracious. Um I know you're Beamsville. Tell we, us about
2: Beamsville. We built a hibernaculum. So it's a... Big pile of rocks. So there's there's big O that big plastic tubing that goes in underneath, covered with a pile of rocks, and then covered with landscape fabric and earth to insulate it. And it's a place for things to live, especially snakes, but it doesn't have to be snakes. Over winter, um, yeah, they can go in there in the winter time and sleep there. Toads, frogs,
1: yeah. turtles, yep. all um, kinds of things.
2: Yeah, and 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 everything else in the garden. Yeah, yeah, salamanders are so cool. We had a redback salamander there the other day. Did. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, yeah, no, it's just it's it's, it's amazing me the questions that I'm getting um, on my I, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and so many people are reaching out about what is this, uh, how do I get more of them, uh, what's a good plant for, a native plant for here, um, and uh, and people can find all that on my website as well, which is S E A N Sean like Sean Connery, Uh <laughs> Sean James Dash Consulting. Dot CA. CA.
1: Yeah. And Sean James is very active in social media. So if you Google him, Instagram, Facebook, all those venues to, to chat with Sean anytime you want. Thanks, everybody. It's been great. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Thank Carlos. You. See you all again next week.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.